0: Uh, I saw a woman. Did you see the woman in the Salt Lake City airport? That, With the orange hair? No. Oh. The one that had the I love my husband shirt on.
1: Who would wear that? Was there a joke underneath?
0: No. Don't Stop ever do it. that, okay?
1: <laughs> Who would Don't wear that? Don't ever do
0: that. She was walking there holding hands. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says we're ready for divorce. Yeah like an I love my husband t shirt.
1: Exactly. I don't
0: understand people yeah, go ahead. No go ahead. I don't understand people who wear stuff like that. I don't
1: Whenever celebrities say, I'm so in love with my husband, literally you know they're about to head to divorce court. Like it's just, you know, yeah. So they must have been fighting. That's why she put that shirt on.
0: I guess so. That's like me wearing a shirt that says, I changed my oil. Because you don't change your oil? No, because I do change my... But it's just like, well, you're supposed to love your husband, right? Like, oh, God. some things are just like...
1: How about the ones... Automatic.
0: Well, I or- guess not automatic. depends on what kind of husband she has. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or how about the ones that kids say, when parents wear t-shirts, I love my kids?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That secretly means I can't wait for my kids to graduate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I think it's crazy myself, but, you know, what do I know? Yeah. Maybe it's a reminder. Do you think do you she you must think, have
0: lost a bet. Wait, do you she think must have lost a bet.
1: That that shirt was a reminder for her to remind herself to love her husband.
0: Maybe, maybe. She's like, There's <laughs> no way that plumbing is gonna work. He's like, Bet me. If I if this plumbing works, you have to wear an I love my husband t shirt <laughs> through the Salt Lake City Airport.
1: Okay, let's use that as an explanation because there's really not another one, right?
0: It's not, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you don't do stuff like that. <clears throat> Never. Matching shirts. <laughs> well, he didn't have an I love my wife shirt on <laughs> Fairness. <laughs> so there weren't matching shirts. There were not. Okay, well, let's, not if I
1: have to wear I love my husband's shirt, you have to wear you love your wife's shirt.
0: Yeah. That will not be happening. <laughs> so. Anyway, we're talking about Utah. Why are we talking about Utah? This episode is about Oklahoma. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
1: Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. This is the SkipTown All-Stars Podcast.
0: What's up, All-Stars? Welcome back. We are stoked to be bringing you this episode. We have owed you an episode on Oklahoma City for so long. We're happy to finally be giving it. We're going to bring it today. We
1: are going to bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how's this emptiness adventure treating you so far?
0: How's this emptiness adventure treating me so far? Uh, I've had moments, honestly, where I've been a little ragged and moody so
1: oh you don't say
0: (laughs) (laughs) is that why you're bringing it up no not at all (laughs) I mean you have been like
1: really cranky but
0: I've had some testy moments in the past couple weeks yeah
1: um but is it what you wait what's making you cranky you're empty nesting uh I think are are you missing your kids
0: uh I am missing my kids a little bit yeah for sure well not a little bit a lot but um I always that's like normal um have you cried Not recently, no. No, not since we left Ellie off at school. Oh, that's been a while. Yeah. Maybe you're
1: due for a cry. You should just let it out. I don't think so. I know. So James has this thing where he just thinks men shouldn't cry, which to me is ridiculous. Like you feel so much better when you cry.
0: I I think it's okay to cry when you're talking about like the loss of a pet.
1: Oh, here we go. This is what James thinks men should only cry about sports, their mom, and a pet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's so, wrong with that?
1: I think if you're having a bad day, just go in the bathroom and let loose.
0: I know, but you can't do that if you're a guy. Like, you shouldn't what will do happen? that. Well, everybody's going to look at you different. Like I hate to say it, but it's like society has different standards for us than like, you know, if, if you're a... Uh, Like in my case, if you're a producer in the office and you're a boy and you start crying because you got some really lousy notes from the network, everybody's going to look at you like, sack up, friend.
1: I think you should do it. I've always told him he should try it. Just in the office, when he was in the office, I've always told him he should just cry, but he doesn't. In any case, what has made you a little cranky? You should be like, not cranky.
0: I know. I should be not cranky because I really have nothing to squawk about, but... I don't know. It's been uh, it's been a little different getting here to the house and just realizing, oh, we have all this house stuff to do again to get ready for our renters. So that plus, frankly, being back to work, (laughs) you know, know. it's like having to go back to to work. And uh, I was really um, excited about the Magnolia project. Great people. I think it turned out really well. We'll see whether it gets a series pickup or not. Um, but just getting back into that regimen and
1: well, it's got to be hard too because I'm not working. I mean, I'm working on the podcast, but um I'm not physically leaving the house for work. So I know that it's never easy when one person is working and the other isn't. as much as the other person wants to act like it's fine, really, they're on when you're sleeping in and they're working, it's not a good thing.
0: No, for sure. and I don't I, I don't really feel like. Like I don't feel like I need to be out with you while you're picking out, you know, items or pieces of furniture for the rooms or anything. Like I don't miss that part at all. But um, I will say I was a little like I was having a moment of frustration the day when when my brother and sister in law were here painting, and I had it was of course the one day where I had a ton of notes to do. So you know they basically were helping us paint while I was just helping. Sitting in my they
1: office. did the whole house. I
0: know. I know. <laughs> You made it very clear from the beginning you weren't going to be painting. You were you were the taper. I'm a
1: good taper, but then my brother said I'm not a good taper, so I guess I'm not. not So then you did
0: nothing in the end.
1: I went and got us food.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) But I'm sorry. Um, I'm enjoying my emptiness time. Uh, So I'm sorry you're not enjoying yours. I mean, the fact that you have to work doesn't make it very enjoyable. I'm still working. Mine is just kind of behind the scenes. Um, he actually is working, working, like, you know, um, having to work for uh, a company where I'm, I'm working for the podcast.
0: I, you know, I don't know. It's just been, I think, with the stress of going back for to Utah for family weekend and then, you know, you were sick and then I felt like I had this pressure to be with Mia to pick up the slack for both of us. And even though I couldn't do it, uh, I was still working remotely from Utah. So that was the kind of the whole point. And, you know, now that we're here and, you know, back to getting the Florida house in shape, um, I feel like. Uh, In the end, it was what working remotely truly means. (laughs) Uh It's like I'm working in Utah and my kid is waiting for me to finish work. Uh, But the upside to that obviously was uh, despite the fact that I couldn't see her as much as I wanted to, I still got to see her every single day in person And, you know, Mia is pretty easy kid. So, you know, she there were days where she was just content while you were (laughs) nursing your illness uh, to, you know, read on the couch or do her homework or, you know, she had she has plenty of her own stuff going on.
1: I think she finished almost an entire book while I was hacking up on the couch sick.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't the most magical trip back to Utah like I thought it was going to be. A lot of it had to do with, you know, like I said, just having to work balancing the children, all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the last couple trips to Utah, I haven't gotten the full enjoyment out of it like I'm used to, you know?
1: Well, hopefully, talking about Oklahoma City will brighten your spirits, because I think it was a great trip for both of us.
0: Yeah, I definitely have a lot to uh, talk about when it comes to Oklahoma, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed our time there, even though, you know, going back through the notes of the show, it felt like we could have done more Oh, while we definitely we were there. could
1: have, there's no question. I think what happens is that while we're traveling and doing the podcast, um, we both hit a wall, and we don't realize we hit the wall until we hit it, because, um, you know if you've been on vacation, then you know you're exhausted at the end of your vacation. And when everybody goes back to work, uh, they always say the same thing, which is I need a vacation from my vacation. So when you are continuously traveling like we've been doing in and out of cars, in and out of Airbnbs and hotels, and then you're setting up for a podcast because most people don't realize that it takes them about an hour to set up. Then we talk sometimes for an hour and 20. Then it takes them another 35 to 40 minutes to put everything away. It is quite tiring considering
0: it's half half a day all in by the time I get the footage that's before I even start editing the episode so
1: exactly so um it's work and um you know being on vacation can also feel like work sometimes so uh we hit walls and we don't realize we hit them until we hit them and for me Oklahoma was one of those times where I hit a wall I I actually didn't get out of bed for one entire day that's not a lie when I say didn't get out of bed I literally didn't get out of bed we went out to dinner, and that was only because James was starving. I could have stayed in bed in my pajamas and um just probably eaten an apple or something like that. Like honestly, like I did not want to leave that Airbnb. I was so exhausted. So unfortunately, I would say we probably out of the four only got two and a half of real, truly yeah. Oklahoma visiting. And um, it was disappointing because some of the cities that we've been hitting have been on our list to visit because of maybe one particular thing. Um, sometimes they're on the list to visit because we actually want to explore that area. Oklahoma city was just meant to go and visit the Oklahoma city bombing Memorial. That was the only reason we were going to Oklahoma city, but then it ended up being so much more for us. So, um, in the end, uh, we probably should have made that more of an exploration visit rather than just a destination to see one thing. Because we found it to be um, nice and enjoyable. And, you know, we'll, we'll be going back.
0: Yeah, most of our exploring was actually on the la- in the last day and a half. Um, yeah. When we first pulled in, I pulled the van into the garage. I don't even think we unloaded. I just let the dog in the backyard and uh, we left, left the door open. Yeah. And like four hours later, the place was filled with flies. But <laughs> we were wiped out after Dallas. Uh, the dog was doing her, you know, she was back. To, like, I, Roxy had had it at that point with the trip. Um, she was doing that thing with the bathroom where she doesn't want to go, or there's not enough grass, or it's not the perfect setting. Um, so when she got to that yard in Oklahoma City, she it was ran like God in circles send. around oh the yard. God. She was happy, <laughs> she was smiling. Uh, we, yeah, we could have explored a lot more neighborhoods while we were there. Although, you know, just driving around uh, for the first couple days when we did get out. Within the city limits, there didn't seem to be a huge disparity between the types of neighborhoods. No, it no, seemed like um, the same sort yeah. of. And it, we'll I mean, later, most I of them were sleepy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, like you know, just like quiet little neighborhoods, you'd see a couple kids like riding around on their bikes or whatever. Um, the benefit, it was me- really mellow place. <laughs> Yeah, you know?
1: it, it, it is mellow. The benefit of our visit is that your good friend, Jen, is yeah. from Oklahoma City. Thank Legitimately, God. Oklahoma City. Yeah. So it was awesome because she sent us a list of places to go eat, which yeah. made it really nice. Um, Areas to visit. So it was so yeah. helpful. Normally, we have to research all that stuff before we get there or on the fly as we're there. And this time, we didn't have to. No, so thanks, sure. Jen.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jen. And <laughs> even though I didn't get to all the things on her list... I'm going to actually recommend them because uh, so to set the backdrop, Jen was one of my teammates on America's Next Top Model for about 10 out of my 14 seasons there. Uh, She and our other partner, I mean, the three of us just basically got to a point on that job where we were the same hive mind in terms of what the show needed our own brand of comedy with each other. You guys our were a good friendship. team. Yeah, I mean, we were an amazing team. It was, it was like my favorite team ever. So um, so that said, I wholeheartedly will recommend, point blank, without like sight unseen, anything Jen has recommended. Uh, although we did stop at a couple oh, places. Oh, well,
1: the very first place we went to was her recommendation. We got into Oklahoma City. We did leave, actually, even though you said that we left the dog in the backyard and the doors open. We oh, actually yeah. left to go to dinner at Ted's That's Cafe right. es- Escondido.
0: Ted's Escondido. You're right. We dropped the dog off first. And she couldn't have been happier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we spent a little bit of time in the Airbnb, so you weren't wrong. We did spend a little, I think a couple hours and then we went to uh this Mexican place, which was yeah. really delicious. And it was Jen's recommendation. It, it was, was the first for sure. place you we went to.
0: So handmade tortillas, some sort of vegetable relish. Uh, I don't know. Um I don't
1: remember. Was there a vegetable relish?
0: Yeah, and there was queso. Th- <laughs> they I brought could, queso. <laughs>
1: I could not get past the handmade tortillas. Yeah. They were so delicious and that's right we were dipping the the tortillas in cheese. And they actually oh, brought so them good. out
0: before you even ordered. So it yep. was kind of like Italian restaurant style where they bring you a loaf and like, <laughs> you know, uh, a little olive oil and vinegar or whatever. It was the same thing only like Mexican branded. So I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." And she told me, she was like Just be careful you don't fill up before you even order your food. And we could have easily. We're starving at that point. Oh, it was really good. What did I get? Do you remember what I got? Not at all. I remember I got like enchiladas of some sort. Okay. So uh, yeah, it was pretty good. You liked yours?
1: I did. I liked it. Good. I think my enchiladas had a little bit of vegetables in it, which I'm not normally used to because I think I accidentally ordered a fajita enchilada. So it was like a little different, but it was everything was super tasty. Well,
0: yeah, but after two weeks of barbecue, like maybe a few vegetables.
1: <laughs> He's right. The food was excellent, but the other great thing that came out of that visit at that restaurant was the waitress telling us about the Oklahoma State Fair. Oh my fair. God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah so she asked us uh, if we were there for the state fair and we were like, State Fair. And we're like, oh my gosh, tell us more. And so she told us that the State Fair was the entire month. And um, we were smack dab, like right in the middle of it. Yeah. So we're like, we're going. So we looked it up. And the next day we headed out early, like 11 a.m., 10 a.m. I looked it up to see what time it opened. And we headed to the State Fair, the Oklahoma State Fair.
0: We haven't had an opportunity to do something like that not not just on our trip but in years yeah like we years never went to the LA County Fair
1: I, No, you know what and I can't remember why but I think it has to do with how expensive it was if I remember correctly and like we're not penny pinchers by any means but I think to get into the state fair would have cost our family of five like I don't know like easily over a hundred dollars and I never thought the kids would really enjoy it I I know that sounds crazy but again um they were always used to like Hurricane Harbor or um, Magic Mountain, which is like insane. So I felt like driving to the state fair in LA was over an hour. Then to pay over $100 and have the kids just complain it was hot was not something I was interested in doing. So we never did. And also you have to remember living in Los Angeles, there's so many things to do that a state fair on a Saturday or Sunday is not desirable. But you live in an area like, in Oklahoma or in Ohio, where like you don't have certain things at your fingertips all the time, you look forward to the state fair. My guess is, all year round.
0: I, I know this the the county fair where I grew up, Canfield is was I don't know if it still is, but it used to be the biggest county fair in all of the country, and so you know, it was just, it was a thing to look forward to. Like, even though we were in the middle of football practice, we'd be like, I can't wait until 2 PM. But does
1: it go back to the fact that like, you don't have a whole lot going on in your town. So when the state fair or county fair comes, it's a big deal.
0: It was a big deal because it's like, now all of a sudden you have a conglomeration of all the kind of food you would ever want to eat in one place. You get Huey Lewis in the news, you <laughs> yes, <know? that's laughs> in my like, point. So, in the yeah. grandstand, you right. get like uh tractor pools, you get demolition derbies, you get all that stuff. So So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great like one stop shop, whereas like, you know, living in a city like L.A. or Chicago near Wrigleyville or or, you know, it's like you can go to the baseball game, but then you have like 20 other things you can do in that immediate area where it's just more concentrated. So, yeah, to your point, it's like it's like basically building a little city for a week or a month or however long it is for everybody to go and hang out Um, and just, you know, everybody can gather kind of thing and, you know. When you're a young boy, you get to see all the young pretty girls from other schools. That's amazing. Yeah. When you're, you know, uh, older, what have you? It's like you take the grandkids and like, you know, show them the chickens and the ducks and, and the
1: apple pie making contest. Heck
0: yeah. Yeah. So. so,
1: um, yeah. So I hadn't been to, okay, honestly, I hadn't been. i I was at the L.A. County Fair twenty four years ago. So for me, this was the first. This was legitimately the first time I've ever been to a State Fair, I believe. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I don't. I don't
0: think I ever went to the Ohio State Fair when I was a kid. It was in Columbus. Um, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't it recall was ever cool. being at one either. It was pretty. It was pretty impressive with the rides. Like they had a huge Ferris wheel. Uh, you could see from like. Uh, and, and so, uh, okay. So I feel like quickly to paint the picture of Oklahoma City, it's like if you at any point get on top of a knoll or a hill of any sort. You can base it like it's plains. It feels like it's really sort of just flatland. And so, if you get on top of anything, you could see for miles.
1: It's true. You it's can. It's
0: really crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, we could see the fair at least 12 miles away from where you know that, we, were, we were driving in. The so, Ferris
1: wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it, pretty cool.
0: I imagine if you had little kids in the car or something, they'd be like, "Oh my God!" Like <laughs> there it is, there it is. You know. But I felt like excitement just you know like being in the car with you to go. So yeah, we arrive and I was super excited. Why?
1: Free parking, <laughs> free parking. But legitimately, I was excited too, because I mean, okay, let's be honest. I, I'm not sure I have to look it up, but my guess is at the LA County fair, uh, it oh, would probably got, be $25 to park yeah. easily. Like they'll just get you wherever they can. So to pull up, and James was like, how much is parking? Yeah. They looked at us like, there's They're no like, feet. you just
0: go park over there. <laughs> and I was like, what?
1: He was so excited about the free I parking. I thought, what's going to beat this? But then we walked in <laughs> and something did beat free parking. And that was...
0: Pig races. The little piggies. Right out of the gate. Pig races. So great. It
1: was so state fair-ish. Like, if you want to talk state fair and being someone who had never been to a state fair... The little piggy races, and they were little pigs. They were the cutest ever.
0: You definitely have to explain it for like the city folk that we know.
1: Okay. So what it is, it's just like what you would consider like, I don't know, like any kind of race. There's an entrance gate, and they like sound an, uh, an alarm or a bell. They open up the gate. And then four little piggies come running out.
0: In a track, In yeah. a
1: track, and it's like a half circle. It is the cutest thing. And then there's an exit, which is another gate. And then once they get through that gate, the gate closes. And it's whoever was the fastest little piggy. Yep,
0: and they <laughs> pulled four kids out of the audience. And whatever, all the piggies had little colored vests on or something. Yes, they did. And so each kid you know, that they pulled down had a flag where they were waving or something like that. I forget exactly what denoted that they were the the team captain of that pig, uh-huh. but uh, it was super cool. And the minute the bell rang, like everybody in the crowd went nuts. Uh-huh. It, was crazy. it was really
1: cute. It, it was. was so it was super fun. fun. I have it on my Instagram, so if anybody wants to take a look at it, you could check out the little piggy races. Um, I have it as a reel because I literally recorded it as they were running around the track. Yeah, it was really fun. And then, as we're watching the little piggy races, lo and behold, I've never seen this before. But a gentleman came up with two big slices of pizza with pickles on it. Oh. Sliced pickles. Like the round slice pickles, not I don't like know how the I spears. Feel about that. Disgusting. But I had to take a picture. <laughs> I did. And so I took a picture. You and know, I'll... you take a picture? He did. I said, can I take a picture of that? And he was like, sure.
0: <laughs> He's like, sure, random woman.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, pizza and pickles. I don't know. I wasn't game to try it, it did look different. Huh, we're at the state fair. So there you go. Pizza and pickles.
0: Okay. So, uh, then we started walking around the fair and and our- you
1: learned something about me right out of the gate when we're with regards to fair food.
0: You had not ever had a corn dog, right? Never.
1: I mean, l- okay. I can't say never because I do remember at lunch in grade school, they served corn dogs and I had a bite and almost <laughs> threw up.
0: the 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 school cafeteria corn yeah, dog. It was a school cafeteria, not cor- the same. Okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're at the fair. Yeah, and there's corn dogs everywhere. I mean, it is like the thing to do at the fair—have a corn dog. It was deep fried. It was the most delicious thing. Well, I the
0: batter, ever. I think, is honestly—I think it's the batter that's the difference when you get it, even if they fry it at your little middle school or whatever. Um, I think the batter's just like that really crappy sort of, you know,
1: lunch lady like lunch average
0: la- batter they throw on everything in America kind of thing. Um this so it's is a school like,
1: cafeteria batter. Yeah,
0: this is more like I don't know, it had like a corn feel to it or something. I don't know. It Maybe was, that's why they call it a corn dog. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could it, it be? Yeah. It was so good. Oh my god, I I'm like, why have I never had this before? It was crunchy yeah but soft and a little bit of sweet and then i drenched it with like mustard and ketchup
0: so you had that and then i think even though we had just devoured one of those uh, we walked around for the next half an hour looking for the next thing to eat.
1: Oh, for sure, the whole thing was about food. And then we, well, what we did have with our corn dog and continued to have throughout the entire affair was these lemonades, which oh, I yeah. swear Hand all it was, squeezed. all it was, let's be honest, was ice, sugar. And a drop of fresh lemon juice. That's all that oh, I was. Thought,
0: I, I thought there was plenty of lemon in did there. Did you? Yeah. Okay. That's what kind of made it. So you paid, I don't know, what was it? Eight, ten bucks for a, a cup that we shared. And yeah. we paid three bucks for the I was like, oh my gosh, this place is so affordable for a fair. I could not believe it.
1: Um, the one thing we did did not mention was how hot it was. So we had to keep getting a refill on that lemonade probably Every fifteen minutes because it was almost a hundred degrees.
0: Horse and hellfire. There were there were. I thought there were going to be a lot of horse flies. There really weren't.
1: Oh, well, we've both gotten bit by horse flies on our trip, and it's so painful and uh, itchy and uh, uncomfortable. And so we yeah. figured we're at a state fair and we're going to have horse flies surrounding us. Uh, We didn't. I was kind of surprised, but the hellfire was sure there. We definitely
0: had hellfire, yeah.
1: We were sweating so much. I mean, I had, obviously my hair was pulled back. I had shorts and a tank top on. Oh, But if you just looked at like our hands, we were like dewy. Like it was so hot. Well,
0: I sweat. You're dewy. I was just sweating.
1: You were sweating. Um, It was humid too, which is, I did not expect it to be humid again. (sighs) You know, when you look at a map, you just don't expect Oklahoma where it's located, I feel... Tell me if I'm wrong. Would you have thought it was going to be humid?
0: Uh, I figured there was a little bit of humidity. I didn't feel it like we felt it in Texas when we were there, but uh, maybe it was more leaning into autumn there and things had cooled off. I mean, everybody yeah, was- by all accounts, everybody that I spoke to in Oklahoma City was like, "Yeah, it's like the summers are sweltering." So
1: and it was. So um, being at the fair, there was no shade anywhere. We were just constantly dousing ourselves yeah. with that lemonade-sugar mixture and then searching for food.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We, um, we did run across the place where they do the cattle auction, and that was a little bit of an education for you.
1: So I learned that at a state fair, they do a cattle auction. I didn't realize that. I figured they just do cattle auctions uh, once a month or twice a month, and they probably do, but during the state fair... He was explaining to me, they do it there as well.
0: Yeah, like you can actually go in and sit on, I mean, you can go in and sit on them anytime, but while you're at the fair walking around, you can see the guys all, you know, bidding on it or whatever. And then somebody wins it and you're like, okay, great. And you scoot on out with your kids before you have to explain what happens to the cow next.
1: I know. (laughs) It's true. Uh, But yeah, so I got to see that firsthand and then we went off, went off to find a funnel cake. (laughs) We did. We went off to
0: find a funnel cake.
1: So um, the fair, I think, was a success. It was a great thing to stumble upon. Uh, We just talked in our last episode about travel partners and are you a good travel partner? And I think that was a great opportunity for us to um, figure out, like, are we happy with the person we're traveling with? Because it was a perfect time where, like, either he could have said, I don't want to go. I'm not interested. Or I would have said, I don't want to go. I'm not interested. But... Like the rest of this trip, we both are pretty spontaneous about it. So um, yeah. I felt like, you know, we're doing well here. Like we both want to see the same things. And and if we don't want to, then we kind of let the other person go off. But on this particular uh, adventure to the state fair, we both were excited about going.
0: Yeah. Like if somebody had said that day, like, oh, make sure you go to the canal walk or something, which we'll get to later. But um, I would have been like, eh, we just did the river walk in San Antonio. And so the state fair was just what the doctor ordered. It was something different than anything we had been to so far on our yeah. trip. So, you know, hey, that was pretty worth dragging our sorry asses out of the Airbnb <laughs> for. I must say it was a good time.
1: It was. It was really fun. So when we started on our uh, drive across country... Yeah. We both had certain places we wanted to visit, and James was very insistent upon visiting Oklahoma City because he wanted to see the Oklahoma City bombing uh, building and memorial. Uh, You had actually seen it. It was around
0: 1999. Uh, Okay, so in uh, 1995, I believe it was April 19th, Timothy McVeigh and his accomplice Terry Nichols accomplished killing... 168 people in the Walter P. Murrah Federal Building um, using a uh, rider truck filled with fertilizer and gasoline. Uh, That was in response to, take it back to Waco, two years earlier. Um, I knew that Timothy McVeigh's extremist views were formed well, well before Waco, but they actually became cemented there. What I did not know and what we learned in the building uh, was that Timothy McVeigh was actually part of the crowd when the standoff was happening at Waco. With the Davidians. Yeah, with the Branch Davidians. He was actually in the crowd. He was interviewed by a woman. I think her name was Michelle Rausch or something like that Mm -hmm. um, for a local television station. In Waco. Yeah. And so uh, fast forward to 1995, because of what happened to Waco, uh, what happened in Waco, uh, Timothy McVeigh decided this Oklahoma City building where the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms order was given to uh, begin the siege at Waco... Uh, what, he was going to take he vengeance. Was, he was going to take vengeance upon the government.
1: So what's crazy... Is that when you're in the memorial, you actually see the newspaper article with a picture of Timothy McVeigh being interviewed at Waco saying how the government should leave these people alone, how they have no right on their property. Um, He was anti-government, anti-establishment, and was at Waco to see how the government was going to handle the standoff with the Davidians.
0: He was also ex-military. So he was ex-military. That's, that's very important yeah. to know, because um, he, he was
1: he knew how to make stuff.
0: Yeah, he did, and some of that was informed not just through his military experience, but um, there are a number of books that get sold or passed around at gun shows uh, that you know sort of fetishize this this uh, you know uprising and uh, bombing scenarios when I guess. People feel like society has gotten too liberal. So, um, you know... Our
1: government's taken over.
0: Bottom line, he's a kook, okay? <laughs> he's no, he's no longer with us. I mean, he was, you know, he... I think he vacated any sort of... He expedited his own... He did. ...death.
1: I believe he did, too. But um, what ended up happening was um, he rented a Ryder truck. Yeah. Like, But what's crazy, and James, you can tell, you know more about this story than I do, but just as a, as a layperson who didn't um, do any research about it, James knew a little bit more about Timothy McVeigh going into the Oklahoma City bombing. I knew, obviously, who he was. I knew what he did. I was educated on it. James knew a little bit more. But he really wasn't trying to cover his tracks. Like When he rented that Ryder truck, he rented it in his name.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Like, Uh, like, uh, mind you, this is in the '90s. So now it's before cell phones. It's before you can be tracked anywhere. Um, There was no social media. Uh, Like, I feel like a lot of these similar-minded people have all these outlets now, where it's like, oh, it could raise a red flag if the government is paying attention to you know social media posts, 4chan posts, all that stuff. But um, this is way before then. This is like a bunch of guys talking in private circles and in his friend, Terry Nichols, he found a guy who was willing to help him procure all these materials and Timothy McVeigh would then just drive it and like try and park something in front of a national monument or a federal building now or any, like you would never, ever, you wouldn't last, you know, two minutes. So,
1: so I, it happened in 1996. 95. 95. Okay, yeah. so I was just out of college a few years. Um, what was surprising to me, and you probably may have known the magnitude before getting there, I didn't realize the magnitude of the blast. I thought that when he, you know, brought the rider truck with explosives that he had home made homemade, um, that it blew a portion of the building out. No. He blew the entire side of the building. So the enormity of it was beyond what I knew when I walked in there. I I actually thought that he just, I I knew he, there was a bomb that went off, it was in a Ryder truck, and I knew that he'd caused major damage to a building. What I did not realize is how one person Blew the entire side. Yeah, he blew of the entire
0: p- face off of. I forget what direction, what side of the building.
1: But we're talking how many floors was it? Like, 18 floors or something like that. It, it's beyond comprehension. He blew a hole in the ground. I mean,
0: and he did it in such a way where one person- the construction of the building began to collapse upon itself. On the higher floors, it just began to collapse inward. And so, you know, uh, when we got to the museum, they had 3D models of, you know, how, exactly how the explosion was impactful as it was. But yeah, you it was so For one massive person to do this. It was like over 200 buildings damaged in that area. Yes. Because of flying shrapnel or because of just what, the the, the, the impact, impact of the blast itself. Um, and I think uh, I read somewhere it was like 16 blocks 16 city blocks were affected.
1: Yep. Um, I believe yeah, for sure. I read that too. Um it was insane the um the power of this blast. I just can't wrap my head around how one person did this. Okay, so why don't you walk us through our tour? What happened?
0: Okay, so uh we get to the museum and uh the first room basically paints the picture of uh, the various functions that took place in the building, so even though he was targeting the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, there were several branches of government in there there were there was an army uh, recruiting station, the uh, recruiting station for the marines um, there was the drug enforcement administration was there, the dea and um, like different department departments of veterans affairs, all that other stuff so
1: and a nursery.
0: Yeah, a daycare, daycare was there for all the workers in the building. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, it paints the picture of what all was in that building. Um, and then you get to the second room, and they actually had a recording from a court case going on. Um, it was your. It was like it had something to do with property or an estate or something like that. Yeah, there it was, was
1: like, a guy who. It
0: was a real estate case. It somebody, was a civil case. Yeah,
1: somebody was going to. Um, make a well on their property and the neighbor was complaining because they felt like they yeah. were going to take all the water if they made the well and then no one in the area would have water yeah. so they were there fighting this guy who wanted to make a well
0: right and so uh, they started recording at nine <laughs> the judge started promptly and you listen to this court case this benign case going on for about a minute and a half and then at 902 is when the bomb goes off um, and the lights flash, and you can hear the explosion on the recording. I don't know how this thing stayed intact, it sounds so loud. Um,
1: this building was actually it was immediately across right the street, to, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, then you proceed to a third room, and in that room, uh, I have to say, you know, being a visual person and a multimedia person and all that, um, from an experience standpoint, it's probably one of the most impactful um, exhibitions I've ever been in because it, it felt as if you were sort of standing in that moment. Um, when it happened, they had news reports playing on different speakers, bouncing around the room, uh, cutting in and out of different reporters, different news reports. And visual, um, like they had and the t- visuals. They had
1: TVs, like showing people running. Yeah. Um, firemen running toward the building. Yeah. Um,
0: the room was meant to give you an idea of the chaos. And I got to tell you, it was pretty damn successful. Um, I, I was impressed. I mean, I, I, I think going in there, I just expected sort of, I, I wasn't expecting a presentation like that, an exhibition like that. Um, it was, you know, it, it puts you sort of in the headspace of just how solemn this event was. And how unnecessary and senseless this act of terrorism was. Um, And it definitely made you feel, uh, you know, the impact of what one person could do to a society.
1: For sure. I didn't know what to expect when I went there. Um, We've been to different memorials, I believe. Mm. I mean, you and I together and also separately. And, um, this was just different. The two architects, a husband and wife, that designed the memorial, their local Oklahoma City architects, they did the most amazing yeah. job. I mean, the moment before you even step into the actual memorial uh, museum, it's all hand painted uh, tiles that children had sent. My gosh, I can't believe I'm getting so sad right now talking about it. But, like, it was really hard to look at. Um, They had sent to the firemen who were, like, fighting the, you know, f- uh, not fighting, but, like, helping all these people.
0: Rescuing, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. It was crazy. And so it's, like, on the wall... And on the ground, before you even walk into the museum, are all these tiles from children all over the country that, like, their hands are like, we love you, we're thinking about you, and it was to all the rescuers. I mean, it was that, when you, before you even walked in, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, like, you knew.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, you can't expect that it's uh it's not like going to the Washington Monument or something like that. No, and it's it's not definitely you know what you're getting when you go there. and you know, to be clear, uh, I had been in Oklahoma City back before I was an editor. I worked for a camera truck company, and um we uh, were actually there for some huge religious show or something yeah. like that. And when we were there, we saw that they were actually clearing ground for this memorial. so,
1: for you, you wanted to see it finished.
0: I, I knew I wanted to see the end result. Yeah, mm. I did. So,
1: yeah, when we um, walked in, like you, I wasn't sure what to expect. And then the when we sat in the room, and it was basically a simulation of what was going, what happened when the bomb went off, and our room shook. It was very loud. Lights were flashing. Uh, it was frightening. Everyone in the room jumped. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was it was amazing in the sense that it, it did, you're right. It yeah. 100% put you there and I did not anticipate that. I really no. thought it was going to be a museum where we just walked around, we w-
0: read some, some some displays.
1: 100%. Yeah. Um learned about the building, learned about Timothy McVeigh, learned about the um, victims and the survivors. I did not anticipate being part of it. There were personal belongings yeah. of the victims in that room. I mean,
0: coffee cups, computer screens,
1: baby shoes, keys. It was terrible. I yeah. mean, you saw, um, like the daily calendar of somebody, literally their calendar. It was tattered and torn and burnt. Um, watches. I mean, yeah. just men's watches, women's watches. Um, it was It was very moving. That's the word for me. It was was so moving.
0: I think the big takeaway for me, well, okay, well, first I'll say that uh, two hours is not enough time.
1: No, we got kicked out. We were there for two hours. We got there
0: too late in the day.
1: Yep. And they kicked us out. So you have to plan on being there. I would say a minimum of three hours because um, you're going to want to take your time. And then after... That's just inside. And then when you leave the actual museum, there's um, several different areas of the site that memorializes what happened. And um, there's a Tranquility Pond that they made. And on one end of the pond is a huge um, structure with the um, time of Mm 9.01. And that was before the bomb. And then the other side is 9.03. That was after the bomb.
0: Yeah. And so 901 signifies uh, the last moment of innocence, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yes. Um, the, the last moment of innocence that we as a country had before this act of domestic terrorism. Um, and then 903 is basically when the citizens began immediately responding. So the bomb goes off at 902, at 903 right away. The significance is that people right away recognize something was dramatically not right in the city and everybody began to, you know, basically descend upon the building itself to figure out what happened and who needed help. Right. <sighs> That's where the pool is. Oh
1: yeah. So then not just do you have the pool and the monuments on both sides of the pool, but you actually have lights on one side of the um the pool area. It's it's all grass and you have just lights and each light represents um one of the um victims and then it has their name on it and yeah. what floor they were on and then if you look this up you'll see there was a tree that survived the survivor's tree yeah um the bombing I and that tree that. Yeah. is still there and they have it on that property as well so that's another part of the um of the memorial and then oh my gosh this is so hard to even talk about, but they put up the chain link fence the day after the bombing and um, just to separate the debris from people literally coming by the building. And, you know, they wanted to keep people away. So they put up a chain link fence and that's where people started bringing like, you know, notes to their loved ones that were still in the building and had not been rescued and, you know, could have certainly been a victim and no one at this point even knew 24 hours later you know was their loved one alive or dead so people were putting notes just how you see in any any memorial well they kept up the part of the chain link fence and that was so hard to look at because people still come to this day and leave notes for their loved ones it was like oh it was so hard because you're reading like of the moment like like some woman had just put it her note onto her mother and she was like oh the grandkids are this age now and the yeah. day was like twenty twenty two and it was just oh
0: there were ones on there where you know um obviously their one of their children had a you know was killed in the daycare when the bombing happened and who they Yeah, that was we're leaving notes for a child about their siblings and how they had grown. And uh, wow, that was that was pretty gutting. That's the only word I can say. I'm just like, what a waste. What a shame.
1: Yeah. So that was I mean, the people that designed the memorial, they did a phenomenal job because.
0: Everywhere you, you go.
1: You reflect on that day. And that's yeah. the whole purpose of a memorial is like to reflect on the day. And they really allow you to do that with the way they designed it. So yeah, not- it's, not,
0: it's not just a presentation of facts. It's a visceral experience. Mm-hmm. Even when you're out near the pool and you see the big structure for the 901 and the 903, then off to the side, they have all the chairs
1: I want to pull up exactly what the memorial stands for because I was looking at it after. So I'm just going to really quick say what each one is um, because the whole property has different elements. So the symbolic elements are the gates of time, which is what you mentioned. And they're structures that show the time 901. That's the moment of innocence. 902 is Mm. the attack. And then the other end of the memorial has 903, which is um, the healing begins. The reflecting pool. We talked about that. The field of empty chairs, they were, when I saw them, the sun was setting and it looked like lights, but, um, they are in fact chairs that are lighted and each chair represented the victim and, um, what floor I believe they were located. Um, yeah. And then there's also, yeah, there's nine rows, each representing a floor of the Felder, federal building where the field is now located. And then there were 19 smaller chairs, and those were for yeah. the deaths of the children. The survivor's wall, which had everyone's name on it, um, the surviving tree, yeah. and then um, the orchard, which is um, just beautiful uh, grass and it. They also had planted um. Uh, they says here, an army of nut and flower-bearing trees surrounding and protects the survivor's tree.
0: Uh So for me, obviously, uh, seeing that they had broken ground for this thing, it was such, it was, uh, it still, I believe, is the largest act of domestic terrorism on American soil. 9-11 was not a domestic attack. You know, the memorial is one thing, and we certainly had our experience here. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But... For me, it was also important to see that, you know, in 1999, I didn't get to see much of Oklahoma City, and it was only four years after the attack, so I, you couldn't really get a set, like, naturally... Just for,
1: construction was happening when you yeah, saw it, Yeah, right? four years after the yeah. attack, it's like, you know,
0: I mean, look at the hurricane that just went through Florida, they're, you know, they're talking it's going to take 10, 20 years to re- restore some of those, you know, features. Um so it was important for me to see now what it was like. It's like, I know that Oklahoma city has bounced back because, you know, just taking it from a sports fan standpoint alone, it's like, yeah, they have the Oklahoma city thunder where Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden all played together for a long, this hugely successful program for a mid-sized city. Mm-hmm. Um, But whenever they talk NFL expansion or major league baseball, expansion, like Oklahoma city is always like top five on one of those lists. So, you know, it could be a matter of time before Oklahoma city sees one of those two types of teams, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so it was important for me to see like, what really is like, what are Oklahomans all about? What are, what is Oklahoma city doing now? And, Uh, so yeah, even from the time when we started planning our journey, I was like, well, if we're going to Texas, if we're going through Texas, we definitely have to hit Oklahoma city. It was one of my sort of must sees, uh, for all those variety of reasons, not just the memorial, obviously. Um, what was your take on the people? I really liked them. Like I thought, uh, it's funny because you know we we sat in um, our Airbnb for a day and a half or whatever. But I did get a few small excursions to go to coffee, and I was cutting an episode, and so I was just kind of like not in the headspace of like, I probably wasn't the friendly one. you know. <laughs> and so like, I was just being expedient, like getting whatever I needed from the store or the coffee, uh, coffee shop or whatever. Um, the people were really outwardly friendly. Like, you know, when you came into contact with them, the one thing that I'll say I'll go back to is like, it's a really mellow town. Like it is people are mellow there. It's- They'll say hello, but they're not like You know, it's not like it just didn't feel like a ton of bustle to me. Even when we were in the downtown area, it's like everybody's just casually doing their thing. Um It's
1: actually one of the cons of like Oklahoma. Like if you ask Oklahomans, they'll say it's too quiet. Yeah. Um, but uh we both enjoyed it because it's what we're looking for. Oh, we
0: definitely needed it at that point on our trip for sure. I didn't look at it at it as a con at all. I mean the people at the fair were nice. Yeah. Um
1: everyone looks nice. I mean, they all like have like, like what we saw out and about and at the fair and just yeah. being out to dinners and stuff like that. Everyone has a personal sense of pride about their appearance. Yeah. Um, We didn't see very many homeless people. So I actually have to research that more to see what they're doing about their homeless situation. Because the one thing that I definitely noticed was that uh there were v- very little homeless. I saw a couple of drunk people walking yeah. on the street. Like it could be your neighborhood drunk, like, you know, brother yeah. or uncle. Uh, but there were no encampments. There were no tents. And no. there were absolutely no sleeping bags anywhere.
0: I, I thought the people were very nice. I mean, the lady at the coffee shop talked me up. Um, she was really appreciative we were there. I could tell it was a place that was a little, um, like it was a little neighborhood coffee shop. They don't do a ton of volume there. The coffee was not amazing, but the people were really cool. Okay. And uh, there were, uh, I mean, neighbors chatting each other up in line and stuff like that. And it's like, that's like, those are all usually good indicators of the area you're in. Yeah. Um, I felt that way, though. I, like I said earlier, I I felt like whatever neighborhood we happen to be driving through in Oklahoma, it just seemed like one huge neighborhood, I guess, for lack of kind a better of word. It's true. It's very you know? true.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, what we tend to find on our travels It's been in my experience is that when you get closer to a downtown area, it doesn't matter how big or small, whatever their downtown is. You start to feel as you're approaching the downtown area, the houses get closer together. Um, There's more hustle and bustle. You see a lot of uh, public transportation. That wasn't the case for Oklahoma City. Um, When we went to the city, everything was kind of the same, meaning that the houses were not closer together. There wasn't more of a hustle and bustle. Public transportation isn't really big on their list. I mean, right. um, so we we never felt like we were in a downtown area, which was really odd. And it's something that I've mentioned to other people. Like when they asked me about Oklahoma City, I said, "Well, the one thing that I loved about it was that if you wanted to live near the city, you can still live near the city and have property. And that's probably kind having of like an
0: eight thousand, ten thousand square foot lot at the very least." Um, That's probably half an acre.
1: Yeah. And that's uncommon when you come near any kind of metropolitan area or, um, you know, or or an area that just has more of an industry, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the nightlife or, you know, uh, I don't know, some cities will have a whole warehouse area. but, But in any case, like it's your city, whatever that looks like, you tend to you tend to know you're approaching it. You didn't get that with Oklahoma City. When you were driving toward the city, like you said, all the houses were pretty much the same. So for me, that was like a plus. Like For me, I would not necessarily have to move outside of Oklahoma City to get a house that's bigger or property or to just get away from my neighbors. I could actually do it and be only like yeah, a half a city mile yeah, yeah, of the city. The city I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let me ask you. Uh, Santa Fe was really high on your list. Oh, it was. Santa Fe versus Oklahoma City.
1: Well, because or, or of the Or girl, fill in the
0: blank. If it's not Santa Fe. No,
1: okay. Santa Fe, let's just But just say, in
0: terms of your vibe. Yeah, like, it was. Like, could I do this?
1: I, I could do Oklahoma City over Santa Fe because Oklahoma City actually had a downtown area where my daughters could go and enjoy. Santa Fe doesn't really have a downtown area. There is Santa Fe, the yeah. square, but it closes at 8 o'clock. That yeah. isn't the case with Oklahoma City. Like There's live music, yeah. and it stays open later. So for our family, being what we would want, I would say Oklahoma City. For yeah. you and I, Santa Fe.
0: Got it. For sure. For sure. Okay. The downside for the kids moving to Oklahoma would be what?
1: There's not a single Democratic county in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. In the 2020 election, not a single county <laughs> went for Joe Biden. which That
1: would be very that, difficult. That says
0: all you need to know about Oklahoma City politics right? uh-huh. or Oklahoma politics in general. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, I found that rather interesting because you have Oklahoma University any university town is it's usually blue. a blue dot for yeah. sure uh oklahoma city metropolitan area i thought for sure okay blue dot you know no no not a single county so i don't know it's like that would be hard because and,
1: there's not a whole lot of diversity yeah, there you thought. and
0: i can make a run at it but uh i'm we, not sure the kids be would be like keep squawking yeah let yeah. me just chirping the whole time like oh i can't believe you moved here or whatever but so um, yeah i'm just mean- warning you kids it can happen like i'm i we'll get into real estate in a little bit i want to talk about restaurants first okay So without further ado, again, uh, we do not visit these places. So I'm going to recommend, per my friend Jen, her favorite spots because she knows she grew up around here. So uh, first thing is Ted's Escondido, which we already talked about. Uh, it's a small Mexican chain around the Oklahoma City area. We've, I love stuffed. I don't know. if you I do too. Um, so another spot she recommended is Nick's Grill. Uh, after Mexican, it's her number one place to go. It's tiny. It's a little burger joint. The old man there has been flipping burgers, I guess, for 100 years. Uh-huh. He's got a sidekick back there flipping burgers with them. Her advice is to get there early and come hungry. Um, next up is actually from her friend Robin, who said you cannot miss in the downtown Bricktown Canal area. Uh-huh. You definitely should see that. It's a, it's indicative of what Oklahoma City is about. We actually drove through there. Yes. We didn't spend a lot of time walking around there. But it was really cute. Yeah. Uh, to me, I found that it was your sort of um, quintessential, like iron and timber and that sort of Western feel. Um Uh, That you would get in a downtown area. It was very. It reminded me of Oklahoma's own version of like a Nashville.
1: Oh, uh
0: huh. uh, I agree. You know, kind of setting. Agree. I'm sure there was a lot of whiskey and steak and all that. And actually, speaking of steak, um, one of uh, two of the places that. you can get a great steak now, mind you. Again, Denise and I had had so much beef.
1: It is true because
0: all through Texas, I could not eat. Like I just needed chicken and vegetables at that point. Yeah, and we I really was taking City. a
1: break from food. I'm not kidding. Like I was not about the food at all, and it's so unfortunate because Oklahoma is known for their cattle, so their steaks yeah. are going to be amazing, and we just did not partake because. I couldn't even think of a steak. I have to be honest with you. I actually had a vegan meal one day.
0: <laughs> you did. I remember that. Holy I cow. brought home lunch, a yeah. vegan
1: lunch, because I just needed a break.
0: You're so L.A. You're so bougie.
1: <laughs> well, when I asked the girl, because uh, I went to go get my hair done while I was there, because on the road, you still have to maintain a, you know, your, yeah. your beauty appearances. Yeah. Uh, and I asked the girl, uh, where's a good place to go? I just need a salad. And she goes, there's a vegan place right across the street. I was like, oh, let's do it. Yeah. It was so good.
0: For sure. Um, Okay, and what are the two steak places? The two steak places they uh, they recommended was Mahogany Downtown or Broadway 10. Um, There's another one called uh, another place called Cheever's. I checked out the menu. It looks like a great menu that sort of shuffles the deck on traditional American cuisine. Uh, Blue cheese fries appetizer. Okay. Pretty decadent, um, but not something you can find on every menu everywhere. Uh, cowboy rub, salmon salad, and a prime rib sandwich.
1: Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Had that's I all not had barbecue good. for 14
1: days straight, I probably would have devoured a prime rib sandwich.
0: Yeah. Uh, another recommendation was a place called The Jones Assembly, uh, your southern food, catfish, Nashville hot chicken sandwiches, speaking of Nashville. Uh, southern type dishes, okra, all that stuff is on the menu, but it's uh, allegedly a very good place. And then, um, the big one for drinks, uh, the new Flamingo Tiki in the Paseo Art District is very good, as I'm told. And I'm reading some of this off, so you forgive me, but I want to make sure I get the info correct. The trick to this place is to go next door to Oso Paseo to get your food, because the tiki bar does not serve food. So oh,
1: okay. you get Got your it. drinks
0: on one side and get your food on the other. Makes for a great day. Yeah, um, Not a ton of boutique shops. You asked about boutique shops while uh. we we're there. And I think that's probably why we didn't end up going to a downtown area.
1: Yes, you're right. I did ask you to ask Jen about boutique stores. And um, I guess she really couldn't recommend anything. I'm sure there's probably a few in the downtown area. But because we didn't venture down there personally like literally get out of the car and walk on foot um but again like yeah, it was, you know, that trip for us to Oklahoma was two days down and two days on. And so, yeah, I don't think I gave it enough time.
0: Right. And Jen's also, you know, she lives in L.A. She's lived there a long time. When we asked for a boutique area, if that's what you are looking for, she knows right away, like, oh, no, Denise isn't going to find this like anywhere. Uh, her her response was, well, Oklahoma City can be more of like a Walmart every five miles kind <laughs> of town. And that's so, fine.
1: But yeah, totally. you know, I just want I always like to get a feel of a place by visiting locals that own businesses. And yeah, go local into,
0: artisans, yeah, makers Yeah, and going to local sure.
1: boutiques are always a good way to get a feel for it. And it always brings you to a cute general area as well. So yeah. when you ask for like a boutique of some sort with clothing, you generally are then driven to like a usual a main town of a of a cute little area or the or a cute little street in the city. Yeah. So that's why I normally ask that question because it brings me usually to a pretty, you know, cool area.
0: You know, I guess there is uh, a market-type place where you can get Native American art and all we kinds of stuff. We didn't see that. I don't know we where didn't. that
1: was. Because um, I was hoping to buy some American art, Native American art, because there are something like 38 tribes in Oklahoma. And I don't know if you remember, but we were driving. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some cool stuff. I didn't find anything.
0: No. And I think it's more where we were sort of going through. Um, I think most of the reservations that... Maybe have roadside stands. I don't even know if they do, like they do in Arizona, but um, was if, there an
1: area that Jen they, told uh, you about? Uh,
0: she said there was a market somewhere. Uh, bottom line was, though, you and I weren't going to be, you know, visiting it because we weren't even in that section of town. Um, okay, um, that's to be continued though, because let's talk about real estate.
1: Oh, yeah, this <laughs> is this is going to be fun. Go ahead, I'll so, let you take the uh, lead on this. I promise
0: you, we will get you an update on the market because. Uh, what have I been doing on Zillow?
1: Ugh, looking at houses in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended for up... weeks. Yeah, we ended up going to an area. I said, you'll take this over, but I'll just lead it in. No, yeah. Jen referred us to an area called Edmonds.
0: Where her friend Robin, who also gave us some recommendations, because it's, actually lives and bought a house. Yeah.
1: It's up and coming. So... Go
0: ahead. It's already arrived. You can't afford it. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, there are good houses. Are there. there? Yeah, there are. There are three plus twos there in the three fifty to we five fifty range. We went
1: there and we thought it was kind of expensive.
0: There well, the a few of the subdivisions you and I personally were in, it was like sixes and up. Okay. Um
1: and it's subdivisions. They
0: were beautiful. <laughs> I know. And it was subdivision. Those houses Which- were really nice. But Yeah, uh, if you know us, you know we're trying to stay away from HOAs and not being told what to do with our lawn and all that stuff. Yeah, we
1: really don't want to move into a subdivision.
0: Yeah, Um, although, you know, respectfully, it's like we've talked about it also at length where it's like when a developer runs electric and water and gas and all these things out to a certain area, that's why you have 10 houses in the same area in the middle of nowhere. So um functionally it seems to work if you don't want a homestead or have a septic tank or a well or it's like i get why people do it mm-hmm. i do uh, we're just saying we're trying to avoid that if we can
1: yeah you, you usually know? get a little bit more property when you don't move into a subdivision so that has been our thought like you know we can maybe get a little bit more but we do realize that in some of the areas we're going to they're being developed for a reason. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And uh, going back to the point you said where some of the houses we were looking at were really expensive, that's because I plugged in like I wanted half an acre or more. Okay. So you would get that property, uh, maybe even abutting like the back of a golf course or something like that. So it's not a bad view to look out and see, you know, hole seven perfectly manicured and people having a great time out there, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, ponds. And, you know, uh, it seemed like a lot of the, the, only, my, my big takeaway from the, those, that area though, Edmund, um, Guthrie, which we'll talk about in a second, yep. Arcadia and some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I do a zoom out on Google maps, I don't see uh, tremendous bodies of water anywhere. So there's no, you know, there are rivers, there are smaller lakes. Um, but it just gets so sweltering hot in the summer. And the one thing that like I've come to realize is, I guess, Oklahomans being so mellow, they just put up with it. Because <laughs> there are a lot of houses where I look at, like I say, must have pool, right? Like I want it to have a swimming pool mm-hmm. if I can't go to the lake or anything right, like that. Right, right. Um, not a ton of inventory with swimming wow, pools. Yeah, okay. you have to build your own swimming pool. So they pool, don't seem so to
1: mind the heat. I
0: it's it's uh, funny to me, unless these subdivisions have like their own little community pool that I'm missing, um, but the actual listings for the properties themselves, I'm not finding a ton of, you know, like the, you do have them, uh, but if there are, you know, if you put in the filters for like whatever you want and you get 200 results back and then you click on pool, you're only getting 26 so that seems like for a really hot area you wouldn't find that in Florida you wouldn't find right. that in even in Texas but especially right. not in California yeah you know or Arizona that's odd everybody I, has a pool in Arizona so oh, like that's so, so many true. people that's you know? very true yeah
1: so, I wonder I wonder why they don't feel the need to go swimming
0: man I don't know Right. <laughs> what that's John? I, I know. What does well, Don't do people swim. What do you do to <laughs> cool off around here? So anyway, um, so uh, but then um, uh, all that to say, we have uh, been looking at lots and land and properties and houses. Well, mostly me, but you have expressed an interest in it as well. Around the Guthrie area, we stopped at a cafe after we left Edmonds. We
1: did. Uh, We spoke with a local waitress. Waitress. I spoke with a local waitress um, and had asked her about the area because we had noticed a lot of development going on in this area, which was really quite far from the city like maybe like 25 to 30 minutes from Oklahoma City and again not understanding why people want to live so far out when you can still get a good piece of property near the city so I asked this waitress what's the deal like we saw huge plots of land being developed and um and she said well even though you can get a decent sized piece of property near the city, people still just want to be away from the city. And with remote working, you don't have to be anywhere near the city. So it's still the same answer wherever we go. People that are can remotely work now want to just have property and they want to do it away from the city. Again, in Oklahoma, it made no sense to me because the traffic was the same whether you're 30 minutes away from the city or right near it. Yeah,
0: traffic wasn't really a big issue the whole time we were there. Yeah,
1: this woman was from an area called Guthrie and she was telling us about lots in her neighborhood, literally in her neighborhood. She said that a developer came in and scooped up, I think it was eight lots, and they were each $25,000. So then immediately, James jumps on Zillow because it's a great area. Now, when I say great, it's like we can get property and um it doesn't seem terribly expensive she did i asked her if there was any kind of water source nearby like what's bringing people to guthrie she said there was a water source about five miles away but she also said another neighboring town that was becoming quite popular was called cedar valley and Mm. so she said you know you want to take a drive through both of those and we did go through Guthrie, and I think we may have even gone through Cedar Valley. But Guthrie had the most adorable downtown area. We're talking like with the gaslight lanterns yeah. and um, just beautiful brownstones. So I immediately saw the appeal because yeah. you could get a piece of property um, for a uh, a good price, and you had this adorable downtown area, like a, a legit Main Street.
0: Yeah, I mean, I when they said how much development was happening there and what the lots were going for. I mean, I have, I've found everything from, you know, uh, three quarters of an acre for $28,000 all the way up to like 120 K and you get like four or five acres. So um, not bad prices. Uh, I actually am going to take a little trip back.
1: Yeah, we both are because we enjoyed it enough to take a look. And there are certain cities that, We have put on our list where we have to take, we're going to go back. You know, this was one of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you, you know, I mean, the biggest thing is you just want to look at the property before you, like, you have to see it for yourself and what the lot lines look like for real.
1: So it was pretty, Um, it was pretty incredible uh, just being all, driving around the outer areas of Oklahoma City, uh, seeing what we could afford what we couldn't afford, um, how close the city is, how close the airport, all those things that come into play when we think, could we live here?
0: And the answer is yes. Um, It's on my list for sure. You?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what would, your, what would you say your top five and bottom five were?
0: Let's jump into it. Okay. Uh, okay, so my top five, my first one is obviously the museum. Worth the drive. I'd say every penny, but it wasn't really expensive. So, uh, you know, I can't recommend it enough. If you're into American history of any sort, recent American history is perfect. Uh, the county, uh, I'm sorry, the state fair. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you caught myself. Um, the state fair was my number two. Uh, The people were my number three, although not necessarily in that order. Everybody I came into contact with was just super chill, super mellow. Can't say enough about how Oklahomans were really just, I don't know, I hate to say, I know they probably feel this way already being compared to Texas, but it just felt like a more chill um extension of Texans to me, you know, in a lot of ways. Uh, I love the landscape. That's my number four. Okay. I love getting up on a little hill and just seeing for miles. I felt like a king <laughs> overlooking my kingdom. Uh-huh. Uh, that was pretty cool. And uh my last thing that I really, I should not have liked this, but I it did end up liking it was the cop who pulled me over for that speeding ticket on our way out of town. You remember this? Yeah,
1: he was really friendly.
0: He was really friendly. Uh, He, I don't know what happened. We were leaving the downtown area. You were speeding.
1: What do you mean, what happened? Eh. You were speeding.
0: Uh, Well, maybe a little. I was doing 52 and a 40. He was nice enough to drop it down to a 50 for me, so I didn't get points off my license. Super friendly guy. Wished us well on our travels. You speed
1: all the time. You just got caught this time. So that's, when you say, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Yeah, you don't, you don't. (laughs) You speed all the time. So, all right.
0: I don't think so. Okay. I think five above the speed limit. So
1: what makes a friendly cop?
0: Uh, The friendly cop was, he said, he goes, you don't need to have your hands on the steering wheel at 10 and 2. We're okay. (laughs) It's cool. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, uh, you know, he saved me two points on my license. He didn't have to do that. He was friendly. The ticket was far less than I paid in LA. So for speeding, not that I've ever gotten a speeding ticket in LA, but... (laughs) Um, You've
1: gotten many, which I'm aware of
0: Okay, so uh, anyway It was at least $150 cheaper To get a speeding ticket in Oklahoma (laughs) City go
1: crazy then
0: (laughs) I know So that's my top five What about you?
1: Okay, so my top five are Free parking at the fair. Nice. Even though you liked it, I really like that as well. Yeah, um, everything is spread out. Um, even in our neighborhood that we stayed in, the houses aren't on top of each other. I really like that. I mentioned it also. You know, approaching Oklahoma City proper downtown area, the houses are still spread out. I really like that. No traffic. There was no yeah. traffic. No traffic matter where was we a went,
0: non-issue.
1: It was awesome. No homeless. Uh, and then, um, oh, you're opening
0: I, up that can of worms I know, but again. I brought it
1: up earlier. So they obviously have some sort of program set up for their homeless people. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're just shuffling them to another part of the city that we're not seeing, but there was no sleeping bags, no tents anywhere that we went. Yeah. We'll, everything, we'll
0: expand on the homelessness thing in another episode. Go on.
1: Um, everything was super clean. And everyone was really nice. So those were my top five. My bottom five, I only have three. Um, I felt like the landscape could have been prettier if there weren't so many strip malls. And I know that goes for any place that we visit, but it was quite pretty, I thought. Um, I've read some cons that people don't think Oklahoma is very pretty to look at. I disagree. I mean, maybe we're not asking for much, but I thought it was quite pretty. And I just wish that the landscape had been kept more intact and there weren't so many strip malls everywhere. Yeah. Um, the bottom five the Italian restaurant I we went to, Frankie's oh, sorry. Italian. Yeah, I yeah. bombed on that one. It was okay. But I don't want to go out anyway. So it
0: was rated really high, but when it's the only restaurant in a thirty mile radius, I guess that and you know, it's the only Italian place.
1: Italian isn't really their forte. No. You know, it's more like we should have gone to yeah, a steak so, place. We
0: ordered spaghetti in a steakhouse for sure. Yeah.
1: And then my <laughs> third bottom five um is that they just don't have uh public transportation. Like it is very much a driving town. Yeah. Or I mean I did see buses, but um, we didn't stay very close to Oklahoma City proper. Well, I keep saying proper, but like well, we were in the
0: limits. But yeah, yeah,
1: we weren't in the downtown area. So if we didn't have a car to get there, would have taken a bus and it would have been a very, very long bus ride. Yeah. So I just felt like uh, they don't really like put much stock in their public transportation.
0: Yeah. Uh, my bottom fives are the sweltering heat with no swimming pools. I don't understand it. <laughs> we would need to remedy that if we were yes. to move to Oklahoma. Um, not a lot of trees, not as many trees being planted oh. as I thought, which I think goes back to your comment on, you know, the landscape and all that. Um, people say it's not very pretty. Um, it is actually like it's if you like, you know, a section of land with a couple of trees dotting up here and there. It actually is fairly picturesque. Yeah. Like it looks to me, it looked to me like it was Oklahoma, you know. But um, the one thing I'll say is like, I don't understand. Goes back go to the swimming pool, to the shade. Like, don't you people like to stay cool in the summer? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, I feel as Californians, we could show you a lot. We could teach a lot of Oklahomans like how to stay cool you don't have to sweat like that but anyway they have their own way they don't want to uh, they don't want us to California they're Oklahoma they do not um, my last one really is uh, there was I went to like two or three coffee spots none of them were great Um
1: no good coffee. None of the
0: coffee spots are making the top five okay. when we eventually like do my top five, bottom five coffees. Um, business venture. Yeah, business venture. <laughs> and I was going to say the same thing. That's my, that's my fourth one. I only have four. I don't have five. Um, I my, didn't
1: have four. I only had three. My
0: fourth and final one was, uh, you know, you talk all the time about how much you appreciate what Chip and Joanna Gaines did in Waco. Yeah. I think it's right for opportunity. If you want to put boutiques all through <laughs> oh, Oklahoma right. City, you, <laughs> ha- you have the opportunity to build a section there. So there you go. food for thought.
1: All right. It's something yeah. I'll think about. But
0: anyway, um, you got to get out of here. She's off to Miami. <laughs> I've got a house to like deal with. Um, uh, she's on her own little skip town version for the next couple of days I am. and uh, well-deserved. So um, anyway, this was fun. I'm glad we did it. Thank you for humoring me. Uh, with uh, wanting to go to Oklahoma City early oh, on. Oh, it
1: was a great visit. You know,
0: it was like, I was like 90% the person putting it on the list. It was, you were, um, for
1: sure. But I, yeah, you're so welcome. I, yeah. Look, you went to Sedona. <laughs> That's true, I did. Look what happened there. <laughs> so
0: you're a good sport. I appreciate it. Thank and you. When I buy you a house in Guthrie, With a swimming pool and some shade. You're gonna really thank me. I will. As you're sitting in your fat boutique. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right, take them out. You gotta get on the road.
1: Empty nest.
0: Bull tank. See you guys next week. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys.